0: Welcome to the Gospel Matrescence Podcast. Matrescence, the physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional transformation women go through when becoming a mother. This developmental stage of life is as powerful and irreversible as adolescence, and yet few women have ever heard of it. Our communities have little to no rites of passage to celebrate or prepare for it. But here at Gospel Matrescence, We apply a biblical worldview to the beautiful and sometimes painful metamorphosis of motherhood. Come, let's navigate motherhood together. Hello and welcome to the Gospel Matrescence Podcast. We are on our eighth and final episode in a series of the Eight Pillars of Thriving Matrescence. So if you haven't listened to the previous um episodes, I would encourage you to go back uh, and um, just listen and let that information kind of soak over you. So, you know, in our um, eight pillars of thriving matrescence, uh, we have the various ways that we look at and evaluate how we are showing up as a mother. And, um, how each of these eight cornerstones hold up that home that we are trying to build for ourselves and for our family. And so as a quick review, we have the first is a spiritual health. Our identity is number two, number three, um, was our emotional understanding of our own emotional ecosystem, the physical health and the body image that we bring into our motherhood. Number five is our sexual health, a redeemed sexual imagination, and a thriving libido that connects us with our spouse. Then we took a look at mental strength and how embracing adversity brings about an anti-fragility to our motherhood. Our seventh pillar was parenting, that confident practice of shepherding our own children and managing our home and today the focus will be ministry um, a fulfilling and clear sense of the calling that we have to our broader community and and a capacity to act upon it. So if you haven't already, go to our website, gospelmatrescence.com, and click on the quiz and take this short quiz to give to look at your matrescence health score. So if you were to take that quiz, there'd be some statements under this pillar of ministry, and you would be answering, seldom do I feel or never do I feel this way, seldom, often, and almost always. And so listen to these statements that would be true of a woman who has a very strong, Sense of her calling and um, her role within the body of Christ. So here's these statements. Even if I'm in the seasons of life where I have very little time to serve outside my family, I trust this season will not last forever and I'm at peace with that. I understand my role in serving the broader community outside my family. I am connected to a local church that empowers me to serve. I have enough margin in my life to consider investing in my community, even in very small ways. I am at peace with the amount of connection I have with my community. I have dreams of how I could serve in the future. I understand that it is good and healthy for my family to see me have a calling outside of our home as well. And I have friends that I can pour into and who pour into me in return. So it's possible a lot of you would say yes and amen to most of those sentences, and it's possible some of you would say, "Wow, I'm not even close on some of those my my role as a mother is consuming me, and I feel overwhelmed and drowned by it. I can't even imagine having margin um, to serve outside of my um, role in my home and if you're in that place, that's okay. I will say that there are, especially if these are the early years of being a mom. It is hard to find that balance. It's very difficult to um, figure out how do we balance marriage, motherhood, and ministry. Those three big M's that every woman um, who becomes a mother experiences. You know, in many ways, she's a mate, she's a mother and she's a minister. And that is hard and it takes time. So I would say give yourself grace, first of all, if this area feels pretty foreign to you. If you have you know, three kids under four years old, probably there's not a whole lot of outside of your home ministry going on right now because the needs of your home are so consuming. And that's why that first statement is, even though I'm in a season where I can't give outside my home very often, um, I have a sense that there will be a change and that someday I will be able to do that. So let me begin by just sharing kind of a personal testimony of this area in my life, how I had to learn to balance marriage, motherhood, and ministry um, in a sense where I could really um, walk in all three of those roles in confidence. So early on, I think I bought into some false ideas of nobility or um, maybe even zeal, like a zealousness that was um, not exactly true of the whole counsel of God. And That false idea I bought into was this idea of motherhood being, quote unquote, the highest calling that motherhood is the highest calling. Maybe you've heard that before, and you hear it especially on Mother's Day, that oh, motherhood is the highest calling a woman could attain to. And there are a lot of theological and doctrinal problems with that statement, um, Not the least of which is women who don't get to be a mother, women who are barren, women who never find a spouse, that there's no um, Indication in scripture that somehow they have a lower calling. And so that's a big problem with that. But, um, you know, there's many other reasons that that can be a problem and can bear poor fruit in people's life. And so I would say that bore bad fruit in my life because I had a false sense that um, this very narrow application of obedience was everything in my life. And so therefore, I had to put all my eggs in that basket to feel successful or like I was truly walking in obedience in my ministry to the world. And 100% of that effort was being poured into my children and my husband. And no doubt, a lot of effort should be poured into our children and husband. But um, when 100% of your effort is being poured into there, it's off balance. And so fast forward 15 years of motherhood, and I, my oldest was 15 years old, maybe 16 years old, um, when this happened. And we had a really painful, but crucial and pivotal conversation that awoke me up to what was happening. Um, in that moment, I was sitting, I remember it like it was yesterday. We were in her bedroom and she was sitting on her bed. And it wasn't necessarily a super heightened conflict, but she just looked at me and she said, you know what? I don't think I want to be a mom when I grow up because when I look at you, it makes me not want to be a mom. And it was like a knife to my heart. (laughs) It's not what a mom wants to hear from a teenage daughter. And so I took a deep breath and I tried not to emotionally react. And I just said, huh, tell me more. Like, what makes you say that? And she said, honestly, your life doesn't look that exciting. Everything you do is for us. We didn't really ask for you to homeschool us, but you pour hours and hours, hundreds of hours in homeschooling us. And then you spend all your time making meals and creating chore charts and your whole life revolves around us. And it just doesn't look fulfilling. When I grow up, I want freedom to do other things. And so if that's what being a mother is, I don't know if I want that in my life. And of course, there was such a part of me that felt so wounded and so offended um, and questioned like, what did I do wrong that made my daughter not want to be a mom? Why? Did, how did I make this look so undesirable? But I, I remembered in that moment something I had heard at a homeschool conference a year or two previous. And I remember it was Cindy Rollins who said this, um, and she's a mother of, I believe, 11 children and somewhat of a mentor of mine. She wrote a wonderful book called Mere Motherhood, highly recommend, um, but she is... It was a Q&A, and somebody was asking her for tips, like, what are your most important tips for raising children? And this was particularly raising teenagers. And she said, one of the things she said, she said, be very careful not to let your children and family become the sun that your world revolves around. She said, because it's a pressure too great for them to bear, and it's not how God intended it to be. And she was warning us of just being careful not to find our whole identity, our whole purpose in our children and our home, because she said, In the beginning, when your children are young, of course, they want to be the son that your world revolves around. They want all of their needs to be the most important needs that you seek to meet all of the time. But as they grow older, they begin to resent that because they're not meant to bear that burden and they shouldn't be the son that your world revolves around and they will begin to resent you for that. And I thought, as I looked at my daughter who shared this, I thought, Cindy was right. That's what's happening here. Is that for twelve, fifteen years, my children were happy to let me be, um, you know, at their beck and call to meet all of their needs, to make everything in our family the highest priority. But now they, she's beginning to see through it. She's beginning to see. Mm, I don't think this is all there is <laughs> that God in, intended for you to be as a mom. I think you. I, I think the message that I was hearing from God is that you need a life outside our home, mama. You need something bigger to live for. You, I want to see you doing great adventures, not just revolving around us as the sun that all of our needs, our educational needs, our material needs, our spiritual needs are the only thing that you live for. And so while that was a really painful, hurtful, um, conversation, I know that God was in it. I know that God was really calling me to lift my eyes and to think about how am I showing up as a mom? And not just how am I showing up as a mom, but if all I had was God's word, what conclusion would I come to regarding my role as a as a wife, as a mate, as a mother, and as a minister? And Am I balancing those three callings? Am I balancing them equally? And so I want to give you a few steps here. We're going to look at four steps for you to maybe consider how am I doing in my role as a minister, my ministry to my outside community, and um, my calling. And so, let's just walk through these and consider my story. Consider where you're at in your role as a, a you know, as a that ministry pillar of matrescence. A fulfilling and clear sense of the calling that you have to your broader community. So. First, I would say feeding our soul and connecting with God and inviting Him to turn the lights on, inviting Him to reveal what is my role as a mom, what is my role as a wife, what is my role as a minister outside of our home. You know, in um, in many ways, we can't figure this out on our own. We are not, contrary to modern thought, we are not self-defining creatures. We do not do well to um, live in a vacuum apart from God and try to find our calling. You will not find it. You must stop, pause, and invite God and say, God— turn on the lights. Help me see my role in the broader body of Christ. Help me put motherhood in its proper perspective. If it's not true that motherhood is the highest calling any woman can have, then what is true? What is the highest calling any woman could have, which I would suggest is simply obedience. Obedience is the highest calling any woman can have. And that may be a single missionary in India for the rest of your life. That may be a barren wife who has a ministry towards others that she wouldn't have been able to have in her own if she had her own children. Um, but obedience is a higher calling than simply motherhood. Motherhood is beautiful, motherhood is wonderful. But when we exalt it to a place it's not meant to fulfill, we start to encounter problems. So pause and invite God into your search. My second step is consider the whole counsel of God. We um, become very narrow-minded. We find a couple verses and we grab them and then we develop a whole doctrine around them. And I do believe that's what I was doing early on. I was looking at Titus 2, this beautiful passage of older women teaching younger women to be um, busy and busy at home and to love their husbands and children. And I took that and I developed a, a whole doctrine based on that, that My whole calling is within the four walls of my home. And while that's true, Titus 2 is true as the day is long, that there's something very beautiful being a keeper at home and loving your husband and loving your children. It is one passage in light of 66 books that we find in God's word. And we have to balance that with the other instructions. And I'm going to offer three other passages that I think inform Titus 2 for us. Um, The first is Ephesians 2.10. In Ephesians 2.10, And gives us this, um, you know, it's the verse that says, for we are God's workmanship, um, and he prepared good works for us to do in advance. And there's something really beautiful about that promise to men and to women, that if you are God's workmanship, he has prepared good works for you to do. And granted, probably a lot of those good works are inside the walls of your home. But most likely not all of them. And so we have to be on that search. God, what is your good work for me to do? Another... Scripture that's very common to inform us about motherhood is Proverbs 31. You know, what are the, what are the actions? What are the works? What's the ministry that this Proverbs 31 woman is doing? And probably you have read this passage before and sometimes we read it and we feel a sense of, of shame that, oh my goodness, she does so much. How can I measure up? And then other times we feel a sense of freedom that, oh my goodness, look at all the things that this woman did. You know, we begin by seeing that her husband trusts in her and that she does some good and not harm and she meets the needs of her family through making sure that that there's food and that they're clothed. But then we also see that she's like a ship, a merchant ship that brings food from afar. She rises while it's yet night. She considers fields and she buys them. Somehow she has oversight over employees because she creates portions for her maidens. She plants vineyards and purchases vineyards. So somehow she's investing in things. Um, She's not idle. She's able to um, feed the poor. She has a ministry outside of her home. She reaches out her hands to the needy. She's not afraid of the changes of seasons because she's prepared for that. Um, there's so many activities that we see. Somehow she teaches her strength and dignity or her clothing. She opens her mouth with wisdom. The teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks way to the looks well to the way of her household, and then she has this relationship with her children seems at peace. They arise and they call her blessed. So all of those um, descriptions of the Proverbs 31 woman, we have to balance with Titus 2. And while it's wonderful to be busy at home, she obviously had to leave her home to purchase a vineyard and to purchase fields and to get merchant ships from afar and to be outside of her home, feeding the poor and meeting the needs of the oppressed. So we see all these actions. So we have to balance that with this Titus 2 command. And then finally, the other scripture that comes to mind is Matthew 12. 26 16 through 20, which is the Great Commission, um, where Jesus gives his final marching orders to his people that all authority has been given to me, and therefore go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them the ways of God. Um, and so, we see this charge to, to be a um, voice piece to present the gospel, to go into the nations, to teach them to obey everything he's commanded. So as we balance all of those things and we look at that, we really have to decide, wow, God, you've set before me so many options in ministry. You've given this model, this picture of scripture, and what is your calling for me? And so that would be step three is define Your core values individually, but also as a family. What is your family known for? How does your family get outside the four walls of your home and bring the gospel to those around you? What does that ministry outside your home um, look like? And then step four is connect that calling. To the body of Christ through a local church. Find a way to join a local church and find something that your family can do that you can do to fulfill that sense of calling that you have to your broader community. Um, you know, this is really near and dear to my heart because I see so many families and so many moms that end up like one of those stagnant ponds where there's no outlet. There's just this sense of we're trying to build the kingdom in our home in my primary um Goal is just to build us up. And while that sounds noble on the outside, it actually has a negative effect because your children don't see you connecting outside of your home. They don't see you serving on behalf of others. They don't see how the gifts and the blessings that they've been given were not given for them to keep. They were given for them to share. And they don't get that blessing of the, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And there are times I will say after that day of that conversation with my daughter, when i really determined in my heart, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to step outside our home and I'm going to let our children see me serve outside our home. And I dealt with so much guilt in the beginning when I would teach at a women's conference or when I would take a young mom out to lunch to mentor her, or when our and I go overseas on a trip. And sometimes the children would say, why are you doing this, mommy? Why are you leaving us? We want you here. And I knew, even though it was hard in that moment, I knew I was showing them something greater, that honey, The world's bigger than our family. And there are needs outside and God has given us a command to meet those needs. And so I'm going, and I didn't even realize that by doing that, I would be inspiring my children that when you grow up and when you're a mama, you'll do this too. You'll go on a mama's weekend away. You'll find somebody to mentor. You'll take a trip overseas and it would inspire them. And now my daughter's, you know, eight years past that comment and she's nowhere near that place that she was before um, because I think she has seen that there is joy in walking in obedience. There's joy in having this sense of calling to your broader community. It connects you to your community in a really beautiful way. Um, so I want to conclude with Um, just a quote, actually from Maria Montessori. Um, She has been just really inspirational to me. You know, 20-some years ago, our family actually lived in Afghanistan. We went over there with the missions organization, and we worked in in 2002 and 2003 um, in their education system. And uh, we had some contractors in Germany that we worked with, some other missionaries that used the Montessori approach in kindergartens um, to do kindergarten trainings by a, a way of connecting and sharing the gospel in Afghanistan, and so that was my first introduction to the Montessori Method. Since then, I've been really um, intrigued by it, and we started a school five years ago that uses the Montessori Method in the younger years, and I came across a quote by Maria Montessori that I applied to our school, but I realized it really applies to motherhood. Um, Maria Montessori said this, all behavior problems can be solved through the dignity of meaningful work. So let me say that again, all behavior problems, and she's particularly referring to children, all behavior problems in children can be solved through the dignity of of meaningful work. So how that shows up at our school is when we see a child that's really struggling relationally or emotionally, or um, we try to find meaningful work for them to put their hands to. Because once they have meaningful work, something switches in their mind. They're, they have a sense of purpose, a sense of calling, a sense of um, maybe they get into flow and they feel that fulfillment of breaking through and progressing and um, learning something new or cleaning the studio for everybody else or building something. Something that they can be proud of. Well, I was thinking about that in the context of motherhood. And in many ways, if we're honest, we mothers have some behavior problems (laughs) within our own heart of, you know, whether it's giving into anxiety or resenting those around us or um, even feeling a lack of calling or a lack of passion or wasting our time away, not being productive. Those are behavior problems. And I want to present to you that it might not be as simplistic as Maria Montessori says, but I think there's a truth for us to take away that even our behavior problems as a mother can be solved through the dignity of spirit-filled, meaningful work. And as we walk out that Ephesians 2.10 promise that He has prepared, we are His workmanship. He has prepared good works in advance for us to do. That work unto Christ, that labor unto Christ, both in our home and outside of our home, brings a sense of dignity and calling and purpose that actually can solve some of our behavior problems Even I would say that anxiety and depression that a young mom feels when you feel that heavy, Cloud of purposelessness, just making a meal for your neighbor and bringing it over to them can do something chemically in our brain that can help sometimes lift us out of a dark season. So, my challenge for you in whatever season you're in, some of you listening, maybe you have a brand new newborn and you're thinking, how in the world would I apply this? Maybe you've got, you know, three kids that are of elementary age, or maybe your kids are teenagers, or maybe you're an empty nester and you've never really pursued your calling outside of your. Um, family, because you spent a few decades just pursuing it within, it's not too late. It's not too late to walk through these four steps, to feed your soul and connect with God, invite him into your search to consider the whole counsel of God and what he has to say about your calling outside your home, to define your core values individually as a family, and then to um, connect your calling and your work with the body of Christ through the local church to find a way to serve. So I charge you to consider this. I charge you to step outside of yourself, to invite the Holy Spirit, to give you the energy to serve outside, and then to model it to your children so that they see that your family is about your father's business, that not everything you do is to benefit each other, but you do work to benefit the body of Christ, to benefit unbelievers, to draw them in near, to show them what uh, gospel life looks like um, and in doing so my um, my hope for you is that you would find more fulfillment that you would find more joy and that um, that dignity of meaningful spirit-filled gospel-centered work would bring about even a rest for your soul as a mama so thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time